Ask Aubrey is supported by Eliza and Wild. Eliza and Wild creates all natural, high potency CBD products designed to give you targeted everyday self care inside and out. Their ingestible and topical CBD products are consciously designed with all natural and intentionally sourced ingredients and fully recyclable packaging. So it's good for you and for the earth. And y'all, Eliza and Wild literally does not have a single product that I don't love. I have them all and everything smells and tastes incredible and is made with ingredients that I can feel good about putting on and in my body. I take the CBD and MCT oil drops daily and they help me to really keep my anxiety and my tension under control. And they also have a line of amazing CBD topical products including this lip balm that I am truly obsessed with. And like, did you know that CBD actually has anti-inflammatory properties when you apply it directly to your skin? Because I didn't until I started to use this lip balm and it is changing my life. And also it smells amazing, which we all know is really important. And I know that you're going to love these products just as much as I do. So when you grab yours at elizaandwild.com, you can use the promo code Aubrey15 at checkout for 15% off your order. That's elizaandwild.com, E-L-I-Z-A-A-N-D-W-Y-L-D.com. And make sure to use code Aubrey15, that's A-U-B-R-E-E-1-5, for 15% off. I'm Aubrey Henderson. I'm a recovering people pleaser turned self-worth coach here to help you befriend your inner critic, break up with people pleasing, and reconnect with your desire. Every week, I share my answers to your questions, live coaching sessions, interviews, and more to help you reconnect with your self-worth. Have you ever felt stuck in your life and just needed a really fucking good pep talk? Well, babe, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Ask Aubrey. I'm so glad you're here. Hey babes, welcome to this week's episode. I am so excited this week and I know, I know I say that I'm excited every week and I am because I really only talk about shit that I care a lot about here and so every week I'm excited to talk to you about whatever it is that I'm talking about but this week in particular, I am really, really jazzed because I am sharing with you a conversation that I had with my mentor my dear friend, somebody who is so special to me, someone who, you know, is my former colleague and who I have learned so much from, who has been such a huge part of my own, you know, growth and development, both as a professional and just a human being. Her name is Ola Whitney, and she is a wealth of knowledge in just so many areas. But in particular, what we're going to talk about today is something that I really have learned and absorbed a tremendous amount from her, which is giving and receiving feedback. And so if you're listening to this right now and you're somebody who, you know, the idea of giving constructive feedback to someone kind of makes you want to barf, or maybe maybe giving feedback to someone else is fine, but the idea of receiving constructive criticism yourself makes you, you just the thought of it makes you feel defensive and icky, right? 
Or maybe it's not either one of those things, but generally you feel uncomfortable with feedback or you know that you could you could be better at giving and receiving feedback, then this episode is for you. There is something here that you can take away. Um, like I said, Ola is, is just full of kind of her own lived experience in this. She's somebody who is able to give and receive feedback so artfully and, and served as such a role model and example for me and for so many others and continues to do so. And so, and on top of that, I just fucking adore her. She's amazing. She's funny, so smart. And so I just loved the chance to sit and talk to her um, and get to spend time with her. And so hopefully you enjoy the conversation. You take something away from it. And if you do, please reach out and let me know. Let me know what you liked about it. Let me know if there are things that you want to hear more of. Enjoy. Thank you so much for for having this conversation with me. I'm so excited to have you here. Also, just for an excuse for us to to sit and chat is whatever it takes. That's right. That's right. Whatever it takes. If it takes if it takes recording a podcast, that's what it takes. Um, so you know, like I've mentioned to folks, you are you know when I was thinking about giving a a podcast episode about giving and receiving feedback. I think about that as a skill that I have really, really had to work on and develop in the last several years. And I thought to myself, okay, what am I going to talk about? Because this is something, you know, people who listen to this are asking for. And then I thought, this is, this is silly. Why would I not just bring on the person who has taught me most of what I know about this topic, about- how to give and receive feedback, which is you. And so I just, one, thank you for that, for like, I mean, you know how I feel about you and all of the things that you've you've taught me over our time knowing each other. But this is something that every time I think about how to give and receive feedback artfully, I think of you. And so I'm so excited that you are, you know, here chatting with me about this today. Well, I'm so excited to be here. I have to tell you something funny too. I told my mom this morning, she was like, oh, you look nice. Where are you going? And I was like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be in the house, but I'm, I'm talking to Aubrey. She's like, you're getting dressed to talk to Aubrey. And I said, no. So um, she has a podcast. Uh-uh. Aubrey has podcast. Oh, Aubrey's doing a mom. podcast. Oh, that's so good. Oh, how is this, is this number one? I'm like, no, mom, this is like number 60 something. She's been doing this. For some time. So my mom is so proud of you. I love her like, so much. I know much. she's doing coaching, but do you mean she has a podcast? I was like, yeah, mom, she's she's the shit. Please give her a hug and a kiss for me. I love her so much. I miss her a lot. Uh, um, you too. When, when all of us are like fully all the way vaccinated and safely, you yeah. all are going to get the biggest hugs. Just can't FYI, wait. the biggest I hugs. Wait. I can't wait. Um, so, I mean, as we're just to give you a sense of, you know, who might be listening right now, a mm-hmm. lot of the folks who follow along with the podcast would self-describe as being people pleasers, right? Really yes. wanting to, you know, keep the people around them comfortable, not wanting yep. to rock the boat. And so, as you can imagine, the idea of of giving difficult feedback or receiving difficult feedback is is really scary and really hard. Yeah. And so I just would love to hear from you what your journey of learning to give and receive feedback so well has been like, because when I think of you, I mean, people throughout the time we've known each other, myself included, people have looked to you as an example of somebody who does this really well. And I'm just curious, have you, do you feel like you've always done this really well? Is it? No. Okay. No, no. I, I, so first of all, thank you for all of the things you have said, but you know, I, it's all reciprocated, right? I think 
I am a better leader today because of you. And I recognize what you shared that you are better because of some things you learned from me. But I mean, I think the best relationships are those that involve reciprocity and where you really get to learn from one another. And it's not like one of the people is like the all knowing. So right. just have to start by saying that. Thank you. So um, I haven't always been great at it. I am. I also um, can absolutely um, identify with that of you and some of the listeners as being a people pleaser. I love people and I love people to be happy, but I think, and I don't, girl, I don't know what it is. So I don't want to like tell stories a lie or anything. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know like when in my journey giving feedback, um, like when I became good at it, like, I don't know that I've thought a lot about that, but, and I'll continue to think about that throughout this conversation. But what I will say is like, one of the things that has made me really good at giving feedback, and I'm still learning, so I think I, I get better every day by talking to people, are two, are two things. But maybe the first and most important one is I've had to ask myself the question, who am I centering when I'm giving feedback? Mm -hmm. As people pleasers, if we make it about us, we ain't never going to tell nobody nothing, right? right. And we're just going to smile right. and have that awkward feeling and you know and, and there's going to be some tension in the room and oftentimes people pleasers don't like tension that's right versus if you like i think about the people i give feedback to are people i actually care about mm -hmm. and and i've had to learn as i get older like there are people who have whether it's somebody at the grocery store who i'm just like and i'm thinking like why am i wasting my breath so anyway that's that's yes. i digress but yes. um I think about, especially for the hardest feedback that I have to give, how is this, is like, by me sending this message, will it actually help the person on the other side? Will it help this person? Will it help or harm them? And if the intention is to make them better at X, mm -hmm. better at leading their team, better at doing their job, better at li living into the person that I know they want to be, like any of those yeah. you pick, right? I think that for me, it's like a non-negotiable. Then like, I, I, then, I mean, if I, if I am centering that, then I never hold back with the feedback. I just don't do it mm -hmm. because of, you know, because of how I'm centering it and thinking about that. So there's that. Yeah. And then I think they're just, there's frameworks, right? Like people hear about sandwich feedback. Mm -hmm. One good thing, you know, the feed, the real constructive feedback and then something else great. And it's like, mm, when you do that, what are you signaling to the other person? It's like, okay, just come on, come on with the bad shit. <laughs> right. Come and tell me what it is that I'm not doing. Right. Um, so I just think it's like, you can of course say, and I don't think it, it hurts to remind people that look, you, you know how much I care about you and I'm sharing this with you because of how much I care, because of what yeah. I think about you, because of your potential. Yeah. The yeah. way that you just dismissed that person was fucked up. And it's not always about intent. Sometimes it's about impact. Right. And I know that your intent wasn't to do that, but let me just tell, like when you said this mm -hmm. and you did this thing, what that communicated to this person was that. Yeah. And I'm telling you, cause I know you're better than that. Like I just, it's, it's simple. It doesn't have to go on. You don't have to give 10 examples. You just say the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something people do a lot with and especially when we when we feel awkward about giving difficult feedback is we and my wife will describe this with people she knows that um that will dance around the feedback or like beat around the bush and kind of 
you know, do like a really slow wind up to it. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's funny because that makes me think of you because as I, that's something as I was like building my own confidence and us working together, I vividly remember you many times being like, girl, just get to the thing. Like, come on. Like, I, I feel something is coming, like, just get to the thing. (laughs) And I think that's, that it it is so common because we feel like, and again, because of this sandwich feedback framework Mm -hmm. that we hear so much about that, I think, sure, maybe that's like a stepping stone along the way of like being able to give truly transparent feedback, but it, it, it makes us feel like we have to say like artificial shit to, to cushion the like actual thing. But I think what that really shows and what you were kind of getting at is it shows a belief that there's something unkind about the real feedback that we have to cushion it right? versus what you're saying, which is something I've taken away, something I've talked about with my coaching clients I've talked about here on the podcast is, Mm. is framing feedback as like, I care about you, which is why I'm sharing this with you, right? Like, and naming that for people I think is so powerful. And that's something that I I took away from seeing you give difficult feedback or being the recipient of feedback from you is that piece of naming, like I'm giving this feedback because I care because you matter to me or because if I was in your shoes, I would want to know. Yep. That's right. That's right. And, and let's also be honest. There are probably times we give, we have to give feedback to people who we may not care as much about. I mean, Uh I've had to give feedback to people who I don't love and adore, admire, respect as much as I do you. Right. Um, and I'll say, I'm doing this because I care about your development. I'm doing this because right. I know you being blah, 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 blah is so important to you. Right. So right. you can't, and, and that is you caring. It's just not necessarily you, you know, it's because I love you personally. It's, you know, that's because, a great point. Yeah. because you're my, you're my colleague or because, you know, I, you know, I think about that for my, you know, people I interact with in the world of foster care. Like, no, I don't personally love you all that much, Mm -hmm. but you know, this is important for you to hear this feedback because it's going to benefit my child and the services they're receiving. So, you know, it's thinking about the end goal of it and the why for the Mm -hmm. feedback versus the fact that giving the feedback in the moment is often really uncomfortable. Do you, do you feel uncomfortable giving feedback ever as somebody yes. who's so practiced in it? Yes. When there's a lack of trust. Mm. Can you say more about that? There's a lot I can say. <laughs> <laughs> you see that look? I'm like, there's a lot I can say. Yeah. I, you know, I think, I think in new relationships, mm. Some people come into them with their cup of trust full. Mm-hmm. Like I trust until you give me a reason not to. Yeah. And other people come in like, girl, you're going to build that. Tr- like you're going to earn that trust. Right. It's going right. to take some time. Right. And I don't, I'm not suggesting one is better than the other. I think we are humans yep. and people got to do what they do. And That's I think right. trust is built on a series of experiences, relationships, knowledge, you know, that we just, that we have. So, you know, who am I to say, but um, when there's not trust established, that is hard. When they're not expectations that are set, right? When it's not necessarily, and I feel like that's so much easier to do when you're in, or when I am in a relationship with someone who I'm managing, meaning when there's a, um, when there's a management relationship, yeah. But relational trust is real. And especially in this world of 
you know, damn near 95% of what we're doing happening on a screen. Yeah. You know, whether it's our mobile device, a tablet, um, a computer, I just think it is hard. Yeah. And I believe feedback can be used to actually build trust. And so sometimes that's what I have to remind myself. That was going to be my next question is like, do you think, do you think that sometimes trust is, is actually built and connection is actually created through those hard conversations? Yes. And girl, sometimes that shit is eroded. Like I think, I think it's it's true though, right? Like, I think it depends on how you're doing it, what you're saying, the history with that person. Yeah. Um, But ultimately, again, who are you centering? And when we center ourselves in those conversations, it shows, it shows. And, you know, and I think trust can be, can be lost or eroded or, you know, or or just, it's hard to even establish. Um, but I think, I mean, I, the way I would frame if it were someone that I'm still building trust with, look, our relationship is still new. We are learning one another and building relational trust. And part of what I hope we build um, is an ability to check one another when we're doing a great job and we're both fucking up. I know I want that for you. I, I know I want that uh, for myself. I know I want you to do that. And you've shared with me before that you want that for me if they have. Um, but you know the signals you were sending when you just blah 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 communicated this to me. Was that what you were intending to send? Mm-hmm. And just like that, just leave it. Or all of the things I'm doing this because I'm you know I really want to build and establish a, some relational trust with you. I think you just have. To, I think you got to read the room. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, those are such great points. I'm curious, and I know this is something you and I have talked about a little bit before, but I'm curious how you, how you feel like different factors of your identity have played into giving and receiving feedback. So like, you know, that could be gender, race, any of those pieces that, you know, you feel like are, add some nuance or add some depth to what it looks like to give and receive feedback. Yeah. You know, um, to just do a quick aside. Um, I was in a meeting, um, at some, at some point in 2021 professional meeting, Mm -hmm. and we were talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. And one of the people in the meeting said to me, um, you know, how do you, how do you do both? Like, how do you focus on your work and focus on diversity, equity, inclusion? How do you think about identity Mm -hmm. and do the work that you need to do? And I said, when you're a black woman, you never, you don't have a choice. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it is, mm-hmm. it is woven into everything I do. That's right. And then kind of to bring it full circle back to your question, on a daily basis, there are exchanges, interactions that I have with people where I have to question, were they just microaggressing me? Mm-hmm. Do they only say that because I'm black? And you've heard me say this. Would that person have said that to you, Aubrey, if you were a white man? Would that person right. have said that to me if I were a white man? Right. And then we'll like both look at each other like, nah, nah, Fuck they wouldn't. No. <laughs> All right, we, you know we got to go say something. Like, That's right. I right. think about, I, I just think a lot about that. Mm-hmm. And that helping me, yeah. So I think a lot about that, period. Yeah. And... When something, again, because of the world we're in, a lot of communication, even more communication I find is happening over email. Mm -hmm. 
yeah. than the kind of water cooler conversations or right. meeting one, you know, someone at the, at the, at the kitchen at your job, getting coffee if you work in an office. Right. Um, and I have to sometimes sit with the, sit with what I'm going to say, sit with my own emotions before I react. Mm. So for example, if someone says something to me, I remember once reading an email where I said, hey, I think there's some, mis I said in the email, hey, I think there's been some miscommunication about this thing. You know, I was saying this, this, you were saying that, you know, I don't, I don't, and I don't know what your intention was. And I'm sure you don't know what mine, let me just spell out what I was trying to say. Let's figure out how we can figure this out together. Mm -hmm. And the person, no, I said, there was some miscommunication. I think there was some confusion. Mm -hmm. And the person came back and said, I wasn't confused. Oh boy. Oh. And it was a white man. Oh. And so I was like, how the hell is this dude going to try to tell me that, you know, me, Adiala Whitney, uh -huh. blah, 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 you know, like I was about to go off. Mm -hmm. um, in another time in um, a review, doing someone's formal review, there in their comment to what they wanted me to start, stop, continue, stop doing, mm -hmm. they were basically like, I want you to stay in your lane. And they didn't oh. use the word lane, but I want you to focus on this part of the work so that I can focus, I can and other people who you manage, we can focus on this. And so both of those things brought out the same reaction, like Black Panther with lashes and really long, fabulous nails, like, <laughs> like breaking through the damn <laughs> virtual wall. Yes, right. And I just had to sit with it. Yeah. I was like, girl, don't you know, you about to lose your damn job. And you've heard me say that. <laughs> yes. I'm about to lose my job over this and I don't want to do that. So, I mean, it's just, and I'm like, nope, it's not, let me just sit with this. Let me go meditate. Let me go drink some tea and sit and be still and do something that makes me happy and come yes. back to this at a time where I feel like, and it may not be in 24 hours. Right. Right. And that's also had to, so yes, identity plays a, um, a role. White supremacist culture is real. Dominant culture is real, especially um, in the places you and I have been. Yeah. And you, I think you know what you're picking up when I'm putting down. And so yeah. I think given that we have to check ourselves and not just check ourselves, I mean, as the, the masses, we need to check ourselves. Individually, we need to check, just like, you know, ask ourselves that question. Yeah. If I'm a woman, would they be saying that if I'm a man? Yeah, I think that's so important. And I think, I think too, something that you said resonated with me and actually somebody sent a question about this for us to mm -hmm. answer, um, which is kind of that, that pause period you mentioned that sometimes mm -hmm. you notice you have an immediate reaction to the feedback mm -hmm. or not even necessarily, it's either to feedback or to something and you know yeah. you need to give feedback about it, but maybe you need to wait. Um, so somebody asked, you know, how, well, what, what they wrote is how on earth to avoid defensive first reactions to feedback. And I'm, I'm assuming this, this person means like how to avoid me reacting defensively when I get feedback. Yeah. Although, because, because what I would say is if they mean like, how do I avoid other people being defensive to me? I think you, you can't necessarily, all you can do is shape how well you craft your own feedback and how they respond is, is their kind of thing to deal with. But for you, like as an individual, you've kind of got at some of this, but is there more you would say around how you avoid 
kind of defensiveness? Do you, do you often feel defensiveness in response to feedback and how do you, how do you curb that in how you actually react? I don't, I, I don't often feel I mean, defensive. I often do not feel defensive mm-hmm. when someone is giving me constructive feedback. I welcome it. I try mm-hmm. to be proactive at asking for it. Mm-hmm. I remind people on my team or who are with me. And you, you know, you and I've talked a lot about this, that feedback is a gift mm-hmm. and I'm only, you know, I only get better from the people I'm managing. And so having an opportunity to hear from you, I would say, you know, Arbor, you know me better than most people. Yeah. You see everything like yeah. the good, the bad, the ugly, like, tell me, like, tell me, like, tell me to fix my fucking face as we, yeah. as you and I would say. Yes. Um, so, and I truly, because I, and I truly, truly mean it. Like, I, I don't say that. I've never felt defensive when you've given me feedback. There are people who I get a little defensive with, but it's often um, laced with, like there's some microaggressions laced in there. Mm. There's, there's something complicated, not even complicated, I think, but I feel like I am being other. There is, a, there is something that happens. Yeah. But I still don't read, I, I try not to react right then, right? So yeah. if, it, if it, like the person is clearly giving me feedback, like I'm gonna listen. Um, I find it's typically over email and, and perhaps it's just because we've been in this damn pandemic for way right. too long right. that I'm saying that, but I'll, I'll listen. I'll, hmm. You know, let, let me come back to you. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just come back later. Or if I have something to say right then I will. Yeah. But I, I, I think two things, just to kind of back up a little bit, I think two things are true. One, giving feedback is such an incredibly valuable and important skill and everybody cannot do it. And just because you manage people, you don't auto, auto, automatically get a crown or a trophy or a medal <laughs> that says you know how to give feedback because you don't. Like right. that's, that's not what makes someone great at feedback. Right. And on the other hand, um, receiving feedback is also a skill. Yes. So, you know, if you are immediately getting defensive, what is it? Like, I think that is a time to like really explore for yourself. Where is that coming from? Mm-hmm. For me, it's when I think someone is being misogynistic, when yeah. someone is being racist, mm-hmm. when someone is othering me in some way because of my identity, that I struggle to want to listen <laughs> to them sometimes in the real, in the, in the moment, but I find a way like, and then, and then I try and compartmentalize too. Like, okay, let's just like, I'll just chill out for a moment. What, why is it like, what about what they're saying? Can you actually um, take and use? But if if, if someone is always, if the question um, from the listener was like, you know, how do you not get defensive right in that moment? I, I think you like, you have to have a pithy thing to come back and say, and it could be something like, look, I am working on my ability to receive feedback and not always respond right away or give an you know, emotive response. Yeah. I want to first thank you for just sharing it with me. And I need to let this sit. Like, yeah. I just, I really want to take the time to reflect and think about what you've shared. Um, and yeah, when I'm ready, I'm going to come back and talk to you about it. I think, I think that that's completely fine. You don't yeah. have to feel like you have to say, or it could just be like, mm, yeah, let me think on that. Yeah. Let me think on that. That's such a good one. And you and something that I, you said that I really want to reinforce is this idea of of recognizing what the things are that trigger that defensiveness in you. Yes. And that make you feel that are activating for you. And for you you mentioned it's like 
if you're experiencing a microaggression, if you feel you're being othered, if somebody is, you know, enacting racism or misogyny onto you in that moment, then of course that's going to be activating. I think the first thing that came to mind for me was, for me, it's when I feel like I haven't been understood or listened to. And so the feedback is coming from a place of like, oh, you like, I something got miscommunicated or you're like, you're not getting it. And I think recognizing that and being able to say, oh, something's being activated for me right now, I think take some of the self-judgment out of it. I think it's easy to be like, oh, I'm just getting too defensive in response to feedback again versus, oh, this bumped something tender for me and let me take a second. And I think that's a great, that's a great suggestion to have kind of your, your go-to thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm going to sit with that and marinate on it. And I, you know, Mm -hmm. I want to revisit this with you, but I really thank you for sharing the feedback. Mm -hmm. I think it's such a great, that is such a great tip. I think it's important, right? Because you also don't want to, you don't want to um, have that person stop giving you feedback. So I think Mm -hmm. that can almost be worse. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a way that we can train people on how to give feedback. I think we can model it in a way that helps other people understand what it is that they, yeah. <laughs> how they should be giving it. And, and even just how we model receiving it will then help us be able to give that person constructive feedback at a later time. Totally. Totally. Absolutely. It's, it's kind of back to the old kind of point of we, we demonstrate to people how to treat us and how mm. we want to be treated. And some of That's the right. best way we can do that is, is to your point by, by modeling, doing it well, because feedback is a, is a reciprocal thing. Um, yeah. you know, so I, let's dive into more of these questions. Cause this is, yeah. this is fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, so someone asked, uh, how to ask for feedback without it seeming like you're seeking reassurance. So asking I would ask feedback, that person. So I'm sorry, go ahead, finish. No, 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 I just was going to repeat the question. So you go ahead. I would ask that. So I would ask a question back to that person. Are you seeking reassurance? When -hmm. people ask for feedback, if what they're looking for is tell me all the things that I'm doing well so that I feel better about myself, honey, you don't want feedback. (laughs) What you want isn't feedback. Mm -hmm. Like you can't ask someone to give you constructively share with you how they feel about, you know, how, you know, what, what their read was on something you did mm-hmm. and then say, but just, but just only tell me the good stuff. Because if you tell me the stuff that's not good, I'm not going to be able to take it. Then baby, you ain't ready. Don't go like, don't go and ask that person. Don't go do that. Don't right. go do that. And it's not because to your point, like if I go into a conversation asking someone generally, like, could you offer me some feedback on how you think I'm doing? I think there's also the piece where people hear that word feedback and people think totally different things. So I think for me, I think, I think of feedback as something that's just like, tell me how this is feeling for you. Tell me how this is going for you. Right. It's, it's broad. It can be negative. It can be constructive. It can be really encouraging. I think a lot of people hear feedback and they think like performance review, all the shit that you're doing wrong. They immediately think negative. Yep. And so some of it also depends on who you're asking for feedback and how clear you are about what you're looking for. Um, Because, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, so, and I think it's even more powerful that you do it beforehand. So for example, if I'm about to do a presentation or you're about to do a presentation Mm -hmm. and you're like, hey, so I'm about to do this presentation. 
um, your feedback matters so much. I would love as you are listening to the presentation to share with me later what you loved and what you didn't and how you think I could improve. Yeah. Right. That like, that's one way to do it. And like almost establishing a feedback buddy. I know it sounds silly, but I think having someone who's your ride or die around feedback and you are also that to them. Yeah. And, you know, building that kind of relational trust allows you to be able to do that. But I would say if that's to that listener, if what you're saying, if, you know, based on how that question was framed. Yeah. I don't know that they really want feedback. And I think And with the person who's asking this, I feel like it could be either way. Like, I think there's, because this is actually somebody that I know, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think it's interesting because I think there's like a couple reads of that. I think there is the, you know, if I want, if I'm seeking reassurance, Mm -hmm. um, but I want to like mask that I'm seeking reassurance. I think something that I teach a lot in my work is that it's okay if you're like feeling insecure or like you're feeling like you need, just need a little hype up moment. And you need to ask for that. I think in this question, some of this feels like, like it's not okay to be asking for reassurance when really I think it is. I think there are times when yeah. like, and you and I have had these conversations, right? Where I'm like, I'm having a shitty day. Can you just please, like, I just need to be encouraged. <laughs> like I need to be hyped up right now. Yeah. And like, when we have people where we have a lot of trust, it I'm of the philosophy that it's perfectly okay to ask for that. But I think I completely agree. You got to be specific in what it is that you're asking for and say, like, I, you know, I think there's no shame in wanting reassurance. And I also think that this, the, another way to read this question though, is like, what if I'm asking for feedback and people are like only giving me positive feedback that they think that I want to hear. And they're not telling me like the actual real shit that is like the constructive, helpful stuff. And I think, yeah. Keep going. No, I just was going to say like, that's kind of what you already, you already kind of got at that with this being really clear about what you're asking people for and saying, you know, do like, I would love to know what you loved and what you didn't love. And I'm inviting you to share it. Right. Which gives people, I think more permission to feel like it's okay to give you feedback and you're not gonna be hurt or take it personally or get upset or be defensive. Yes. And so two things that I want to touch upon what you said about needing reassurance and normalizing that and being okay with that is so damn true. Because mm-hmm. you and I can both think of many of times we mm-hmm. have needed one another in the way yes. that you described. Not only where you've needed me, but where I've needed you to do that. Yeah. There are people I would never ask to do that, I think is my point. Yes, totally. And, um, and I just don't think that that were, I don't think you can do that with just anybody. And you said that about trust. So I think that's, that's right. I don't mean to keep... Um, harping on the same thing, but just wanted to touch on that. And then um, there was something else about what you were just saying. That, oh, I also think if you ask, because you can, sometimes you can ask two questions, like, so I'd love feedback from you. Question one, tell me, um, you know, what you think I can improve on and anything you thought that I did well. And let's say that person on the other side only responds with what you could do well first and foremost, take a moment to receive that. Yeah. Take a moment to receive that. Wow. Thank you. Like, I didn't know you thought that about, thank you so much. That means so much. This is why it means so much that your reassurance is helpful because of blah, 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 whatever, whatever it means to you. Yep. Tell me at least one thing that I could do better or what that I could do different. Mm -hmm. Like when you look back at that, what, where could I have tweaked? 
And I think the more specificity you get with that question, as opposed to what didn't you like? And I think that could sometimes work, but it just depends upon the person. Yeah. Um, you know, you may know everything was so great. It was all so great. Everything was great. <laughs> I'm smiling really hard because I, I vividly, and I tell this story to people often, right? And I would tell this to when, when I was managing people, I would tell this to my direct reports is that very early in our working relationship, you and I, mm-hmm. you gave some kind of presentation or a talk and I was there. And as we were walking out and I was walking you to your next meeting, and I'm sure I was going through a list of like 12 questions I had mm-hmm. to ask you. And you're like, okay, hold on. Before yeah. we do any of that, what's your feedback for me out of that? And I think I probably was like, oh, like you just did so great. I thought it was really great. And you were like, okay, what's one thing I could improve on? And I didn't, I was like, I don't know, nothing. And you were like, okay, so now every time I ask you for feedback, you have to tell me something I could do better. Like I need that type of feedback from you. And you need to tell me that before the stuff that you thought I did well, because I actually like really need to hear it. And that was so like, that felt like such a challenge to me. It was so hard. And because again, like that's, there's so much at play with the people pleaser mentality there, right? You're somebody that I, from the beginning, just liked and enjoyed and wanted to, to have like me too. I worked for you. So there was that, you know, dynamic as well, but because you invited it and because you said like, I, I actually need this from you. Like this is part needs to be part of our relationship and it's important to me. And so this is what I'm going to expect of you. Then that, that invited me to not feel like oh, I'm critiquing my boss on something and she's going to get pissed, right? Because I knew that that's what you were looking for. And I think that's such a, then that became such part of our dynamic that like we have this level of trust now because you were like, no, tell me something I could have done better. Like, please be watching for things I can do better because I need somebody who is, and like, that's what creates the intimacy in the relationship is because we have that trust to know that that's part of it. And we still, think the other person is the shit at the end of the day. So, well then, I mean, think about even towards the end of our working relationship, how informal the feedback, I mean, we would get to the review, the formal evaluation process. Yes. where The 75% of it was me evaluating you by nature of the work that we did, but 25% at the end was you evaluating me and nothing was ever a surprise. It was never a surprise, Right. right? I think sometimes what would be a surprise for me was some of you, the way you would, you have this way to like weave in five different challenges and then share a narrative about how all those challenges intersect mm-hmm. and how in this case, the lack of resources that we had mm-hmm. caused one thing and it almost became a domino effect. And I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but mm-hmm. that was what was new for me, but it wasn't ever the feedback you gave about yourself, the feedback I gave about you. Yeah. you to you for you or the feedback you gave to me. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's so, and that's so powerful because that's, that's part of why I think feedback is so hard is we make it a rare event. Yes. And so there's all this like wind up and we don't know what the other person's going to say. We don't know what to expect. We don't know how they're going to react, but really I think so much of the art of making it comfortable is that it's just, it becomes the normal flow of how you communicate and then nothing nothing is really shocking. It's not like twice a year, you have this really scary conversation where you're hearing shit for the first time or sharing shit for the first time, but that, and we're using a lot of work examples, obviously, but this, I mean, goes for your personal life as well. Like 
Yes. You know, if you, if you normalize that, it takes a lot of the intensity out of it, not just because you're comfortable doing it, but because it's your, the other person's feedback about you is not going to be a surprise to you. Or even just having difficult conversations. I feel like in the workplace, we have difficult conversations is synonymous for giving difficult feedback. And it's not always difficult feedback. I've learned so much about identity and intersectionality from you. And I think about conversations we've had about sexual orientation, mm-hmm. about identity, race, and, and, and parenthood. Mm-hmm. And just, we've been like unfiltered, like in just, yeah. but it's also because of the trust that we've right. been able to build and establish where I'm like, okay, I have a question and like, just ask what? Like, just yeah. say it. <laughs> okay. I just don't want to be, I don't want to offend you. You're like, I know your heart. Just ask me the ask me the damn question, and then the right. same, right? Right. So I think, um, yeah, I, I think that 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 has been really important too. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, I have so I have two more questions. Okay. One now, this is probably more kind of personal, life related. So that's a nice yeah. segue. But someone just um, asked how to tell someone that their behavior is hurting you. So maybe just sharing a little bit about how you would, how you might have that conversation. If someone in your life, if they're doing something that's hurting you, how you might approach having that conversation. I love that question so much. And I'll share that. I think in some ways it's been easier for me as all other professional to give feedback Mm. to people than it has for people I love. And I just, I think part of it is because, you know, someone would be like, Ola, just, okay, wait, are you being like Ola, the fill in the blank, whatever, you know, position job that I have at that moment? Or are you being Ola, my cousin, my this, my that? Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm honestly, I'm the same person, but whatever. But I think um, what I have to remember and in some of the ways that I do that, and I would share this with the listener too, you love that person. And I'm sure there's love that they have for you too. And I think- What's most important is to think about sometimes even just the timing and how you give it. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate feedback over text. I don't like to argue with nobody over no. a text. And maybe other people can do it well. I don't know, but that that doesn't work for me. And I know that about myself. And I, you know, if someone is trying to, if I'm noticing they're trying to share something, I'm like, let's let's talk. Like, can yeah. we FaceTime? Can we can we jump on the phone? Or like, when would you be available to do that? So there's that in this COVID yeah. world. Um, and I think, again, thinking about why it's important. Like, so in this case, I think you must center your feelings yeah. um, because you have to think about the harm that, and you have to protect, you have to do some self-preservation, right? right? So if someone is doing something to you that is harmful or hurting you, I'm sh- I would imagine they're not doing, their intention isn't to harm you and they probably aren't fully aware of the impact they're having. And I don't know that I'd say it in the moment where they're doing it. Because mm. I'd imagine that they may not actually be able to hear it then. And I'm not. I feel like this is more of your uh, <laughs> realm of expertise. I feel like you and I have even talked about some stuff before. But I would say um, share it when they're at a, at a place, like physically, emotionally, mentally at a place where they can listen and hear you. Yeah walking is sometimes a good time for me or just like when it's not in the middle of the day if you know especially if this is someone personal if we're like 
relaxing, that's oftentimes a good time for me to share that type of feedback. And I think the words that the listener used were beautiful and simple. Yeah. And I would just keep it simple. I would keep it that simple and beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you do this, you're hurting me. Mm. Yeah. And I would maybe not say anything else and just let them respond. And I think, yeah, you can frame, but I feel like sometimes doing too much of the framing and, you know, it, it goes back to what you said at the, at the top of this conversation around like, don't beat around the bush, just say the thing. Yeah. I but think that's, really yeah. Hurts when you blank, I know you love me and I know you would want me to tell you when you're doing something that's causing harm or, or that that's, that's hurting me. I've been thinking about this for some time and I wanted to make sure I shared it with you because I know I would want the same for you to do to me. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's, those are such great points. And I think, I mean, I think a lot of what, when we have fear about giving feedback in our personal lives, when people are hurtful to us is that not only are we afraid of the uncomfortable conversation and the reaction, but I think there's also fear because once we've named something that something is hurting us, then we put the choice into the other person's hands of whether they're going to continue the behavior or whether they're going to change it. Right. And we, we don't always trust that they're going to actually change their behavior. And if they don't, then we, the choice comes back to us to, do I want to continue in relationship with this person or does a boundary need to happen? And boundaries are, you know, that's a whole nother podcast episode. Um, actually we have, there's quite a few of them that I already have done. Um, but that's, you know, that's its own thing that's scary. And so I think, but I think to your point, I think the language that this person uses already is, is clear and is naming, you know, it's not saying you're a terrible friend. It's not saying you're a bad person, but it's saying like this specific behavior is hurting me. And I'm sharing with you my side of this and, and just being open to receive what, what their response is to that. And, you know, yeah. And I think in their response may not make your choice easier, but no, it doesn't necessarily do that. Never mind. I mean, just because if they, if they then, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily make it easier. Yeah. And it's, you know, knowing too, that it's going to be I mean, because there's the idea, right, that if we have to create boundaries, if we have to end a relationship, that that feels like loss, but mm-hmm. which is true, but mm-hmm. also you're experiencing pain now, if that person's hurting you, you're, you're in pain. And so you have to honor your pain and take care of yourself. And so I think this person knows probably that there's a, either there is a conversation that needs to be had, or this is something that has been hard for them in the past. But I think just knowing that that kind of simple wording and approaching that person as somebody that is in your life and you care about and remembering to that kind of main principle that when we give feedback, it's because we have some investment in the other person really hearing and receiving it. And that it's not, you know, whether it's in a work context, whether it's in a personal context, like I'm, if I don't give a shit about you, I'm not going to I'm not going to give you feedback. Like if I can just, if the relationship is disposable, I'm going to dispose of it. That's right. You know, that feedback, that's powerful. Yep. So I think if I'm willing to put myself in an uncomfortable position to have a difficult conversation with you, I think both from the perspective of the feedback giver and from the perspective of a receiver of feedback, there is that moment of appreciation of like, oh shit, this is a, 
uncomfortable conversation, but the person initiating it is probably doing it because they care about the relationship more than they are bothered by being uncomfortable. Yes. Yep. Which I think is really, yeah. And I think, I mean, this, this like opens up a whole nother lane (laughs) that, I mean, I feel like certainly intersects with a lot of what we're talking about today, but as you talk, I'm thinking of a few things. One, just self-preservation. And I think you talk about, you write about, you, you know, you, you, you believe so much in the power of self-preservation, self-care, mm-hmm. um, centering your needs, you know, mm-hmm. as you think about your relationships to others. And I mean, you, you do it. You are the queen of that um, in no uncertain yeah. terms. And I just, Thank I you. love that about you. And I think what this makes me think about is as humans right now in this country, especially for women, Mm there is a stereotype about cattiness that um, sometimes we get or overly being overly aggressive or just, I mean, there are a number of different stereotypes that come from um, I don't know where they come, but um, happen when we're giving feedback and like, how do you, how do you dismantle that Yeah, and still be able to give someone feedback? And, you know, what if the person isn't used to hearing people be honest like that with them? What if you're the first one, which is also real? It, yeah. I mean, it just, so that's where I, that's what I was thinking about as you were talking. Yeah. And sometimes they they may not be ready to hear your feedback, but it doesn't mean, and I mean, they may not be ready, meaning that even as you've waited time and tried to do all of the things yeah. to set the right conditions to give feedback, they still may not be ready to fully absorb. And that may not have anything to do with you. And I think yeah. that's part of, you know, as I'm thinking about just what I have, I have to remind myself of that, that this isn't, it's actually not about me. That's right. I think that's so important. I think- And it's interesting. So that leads into this last question that I have here, which is remembering, like this person is asking how to remember that like criticism, critique, constructive feedback doesn't, they put, it does not equal loathing. So like, you know, just because someone gives you a critique doesn't mean they don't like you, don't care about you, that they they actively, you know, are like hating on you. Um, which I think is also tough for a lot of people, again, especially like the people pleasers, the people who, you know, get anxious with around conflict, the people yes. who are like conflict avoidant. Yes, yes. Um, I think we can equate the idea of receiving constructive feedback or critique of any kind as like, this person hates me. They think I'm a piece of shit, you know, mm-hmm. and it's recognizing too that, you know, there's some people's shit is just theirs. It's about, it's about them. Period. <laughs> period. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So the question then is how do you not, how do you not take constructive feedback to also mean loathing? Like how do you, how do you take it for what it is and not? Okay. Um, One of the ways that I've been able to do that is by modeling how to both accept feedback. Yeah, yes. I mean, is is modeling how to ex- accept it, and in recognizing. I mean, it, 
it, there's so many factors as to why someone could feel that way, right? So it's not, I certainly don't want to oversimplify this, but I do think um, you have to remind yourself that feedback is a gift. Yeah. And I think if it's not done in the right way and someone really is just being spiteful and not helpful, mm -hmm. at least it reminds you of who that person is. Yeah. So it's either that or, it, I mean, it could really truly help you be become better. And, and I, you know, I, I mean, that is, that is the, that's what I have to constantly remind myself of. And that helps. Yeah. But I know that we're also different. Yeah. But that's what I would just say. And then if the person is always saying things very constructive to you, maybe you need to find a new feedback buddy. Like, <laughs> Maybe this yeah. is not the only person you should be getting feedback from. And I'm not trying to load questions into that question that isn't that aren't there, but I'm just saying if 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 perhaps it's one person that makes yeah. you feel that way versus anytime you're giving constructive feedback, that could be different. Right. Right. And I think it's it's too, I think so much of it to your point is that mindset of recognizing that feedback is a gift and mm -hmm. experiencing it that way. And also recognizing that sometimes people are gonna give constructive feedback I'm doing air quotes that actually is them just being an asshole yeah and recognizing like oh maybe this person is just being an asshole and what that makes me think of is um the radical candor framework mm -hmm. for feedback and so like just to give like a for anyone who's not familiar with this it's basically it's a based on a book that is is good and I would recommend but it's it's this idea that the best kind of feedback is both um is based in both caring personally and challenging directly. So being willing to, to you're, you're coming from a place of caring about the other person, but also being willing to like actually name the thing and give the feedback directly. And, you know, it's, so it creates these kind of four quadrants of types of feedback. And really only one of them is what you're supposed to be aspiring to, which is radical candor, where you care personally and you challenge directly. But there's one that I always think of, which is, well, there's a couple, but, the one I always think of is when you don't care personally, but you you do still challenge directly, which they call obnoxious aggression in the book. I, I call it. just being an asshole. Like you're just, you want to make someone feel badly because you don't actually care, but you're really happy to kind of like pick at what they do and critique them. And there are, we all have people like that in our lives, mm -hmm. right? Like there are people out there and they'll say, well, I'm just giving you feedback, but like <laughs> they're kind of being a dick about it. And so I think recognizing too, when that's happening, and that doesn't mean there's no value in what they're sharing. That doesn't mean there aren't pieces of truth in the feedback. That doesn't yeah. mean, and sometimes that person's your boss or your colleague and it sucks, but like they're in your life. Mm -hmm. I think it's being able to recognize this person might not be approaching me with as much care as I would when yeah. I'm giving feedback. Um, and so I need to recognize that. And that's not an indictment on my worth and who I am or whether I deserve to be cared about, right. but you know, maybe that's what's happening here. And you know what you, I mean, as you're saying that I'm thinking of people I know who have given me asshole feedback mm -hmm. as you put it. Mm -hmm. And I typically have, like, I typically will clap back at them. Yep. And it's not even being dis defensive about the feedback, but I, I, you know, I may say something like, I'm gonna sit with this feedback. Thank you for giving it to me. I want I want you to also sit with how and why you delivered it. <laughs> I want you to also sit with yourself. Yeah. Please. 
Yeah. Like, not, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe I would come back later and say that, like, you know, just the feedback you gave was valid about this thing. I've thought about it. I've reflected. Let me just share, like in the spirit of not trying to give you feedback on the feedback you gave me, because I do encourage it. I want you to give me feedback, but the signals that you were sending when you gave that were blank. So it, I mean, it is kind of giving feedback on the feedback, but it is. I think, <laughs> I think that that's okay to do, especially if it's someone who's going to be a constant in your life, whether it's yeah. professional or personal, like, cause they're going to do this mess again. Yeah. You to proactively avoid it or proactively um, ensure that you're not putting yourself in harm's way. Yeah. I love that. And I mean, I think what this all comes back to as we kind of wrap up is that, you know, really being, I think being able to give feedback and be comfortable doing that, be comfortable receiving feedback is that you have to kind of be rooted in a, a core belief that your, your perspectives, that your feelings, that your experiences matter and have validity Yes, and deserve to be named and heard by someone else. And I think, if you're starting from a place where, you know, I, I think if feedback is really hard for you or feels impossible, I think it's also kind of interrogating some of those self-beliefs. Like, why don't I think I get to give feedback? Why don't I think that my perspective on this thing matters? Why don't I think that, you know, I'm capable of hearing something constructive from someone else without falling apart? Yes. And, and what is it, what does that say about my beliefs about myself? Mm-hmm. And as you, as you were saying that, I thought about something else too. If you don't tend to give constructive feedback to people often, it's likely that it's probably hard for you to receive it. Mm. And so what can you do to practice giving more constructive feedback to people? Yeah. Because um, I think that will make you better. That again, it's a skill. Yeah. And I think it puts you, you know, it, it just puts you in a different seat than the one that you typically are in if you are simply receiving it and it's difficult and hard yeah. and uncomfortable. I love that. So the, as, as we close out, what would you recommend to a person who, who just heard you say that and is like, oh my God, yes, that's me. I don't give constructive feedback. Mm-hmm. How can someone who's not, really not experienced with that, how can they begin to practice that in small ways in their life? What would you recommend? Practicing it with other people. I mean, like how many times, again, I'll use our relationship. We have practiced giving each other feedback. We've like literally role-played. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've come to me really pissed about a thing or I've come to you really pissed about a thing. Yep. And um, you've said, or I have said to you, I mean, this is this is scary because we both sound like one another when this happens, but what is, <laughs> okay, so what are you going to do about it? Yep. All right, and what are you going to say? No, practice. Like, what are you going to say? All right, okay, go do it. So I I think it's just that, like practicing with someone you really trust and letting them know, look, one of the things that I am working on as an individual is just being better at receiving feedback and also giving it. And I would love if I could just practice it with you sometimes. I know it sounds cheesy, but you're somebody I trust and I feel like it could be, you know, unfiltered, ungarnered. Like, so I think something like that would be what I recommend. And then also just sitting in reflection um, like sitting in a moment to like, we're, we're so fast paced sometimes that we don't take the time to just be still and yes. think, and sometimes the answer will just come to you. Sometimes you may not even need to role play with somebody else, but just really thinking about one, like what, what is my role in helping that person be better and how, and how is this feedback going to help and how can I communicate that? And two, 
I may not really fucks with this person on this other end, but <laughs> they have some valuable information that can actually make me be better. How can I take that? How can I put my personal feelings aside for a moment and think about what they can tell me that can actually make me so much better? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, I just, I'm so grateful to you for, you know, being here and having this conversation with me and sharing kind of from your perspective, because I think this is so, this is such a valuable skill in every area of life. I really do. I think it's like, you know, every relationship that we have, every place that we're intersecting with other humans, I think the ability to give and receive feedback on our relationships, on our connection, on our collaboration is is how we get our, I mean, it's how we get our needs met. It's how we grow and get better. It's how we learn how to be better partners, better friends, better colleagues. And so the more of us that have those skills and feel comfortable with those things, the, I just think the better world it will be as cheesy as that sounds. No, that doesn't sound cheesy. So. We need a little cheesiness in this day and age. No, I love it. That's right. I love it. And thank you. Thank you for just asking me to have this conversation with you in this way. I love the questions that came up for folks and, um, and I love your questions and I love you. This was great. I love you too. Oh, what a delight. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved it, please take a second to subscribe on your favorite platform, leave a rating or a review and take a screenshot and share it on social media or with a friend who needs to hear a message like this one. I love the chance to hear from you and connect with you because it gives me the opportunity to remind you that you are worthy, worthy of wholeness and happiness and just good things. So send me the question or the topic that's keeping you up at night or that you just want to hear more about. You can send me a voice memo at anchor.fm slash Aubrey Henderson, and I can actually include any voice memos that you send me in the show, which I think is pretty bad. Or you can send a good old-fashioned written message from my website at aubreyhenderson.com. I'll see you next time, babes.